Four in. Red ten standing by. Red seven standing by. Red three standing by. Red six standing by. Red nine standing by. Red two standing by. Red eleven standing by. Red five standing by. Buckle up, pilots. It's time for the all wing report in podcast with your hosts Vinny and Chris. Negative. Negative. Didn't go in. You ready? Chris, have some fun. What's going on, everyone? You are listening to the All Wings Report and Podcast. I'm your co-host, Vinny, and alongside, as always, it's my older brother, Chris. Hey, what's going on? I'm going to cut your intro real short today, Chris, because we got a guest. Starting off the new year with a bang. I think this guy deserves something bigger than a drum solo, but like a bass solo. He is the bassist of the band. Pup Punk. He is a the host of My Mom's Basement Podcast. He is a columnist journalist for Barstool Sports for everything all MMA. Uh, all around great guy, great friend of mine. Uh, every, he's into everything comic book related. It's Robbie Fox. Yo, what's, what's up, going on? Thank you for being here, man. I hope uh, that intro did your resume justice. It did. It was like a, it was like a hut litter. It felt like I was coming in on there. <laughs> where, where does so Vince left this out? I, I'm curious. Where does where does wrestling rank? Because you're you're real big into the into the wrestling world too, right? Yeah, high. Wrestling would rank pretty high for me. I mean, not as high as Star Wars and the nerd stuff, maybe. Well, maybe Star Wars would be the only thing above it, actually, because wrestling and Star Wars are the two things that I've been into like for as long as I could remember. It's funny you say that because me and me and Vin grew up huge, huge into wrestling. Like probably long before we got into Star Wars, like we would watch Saturday Morning Superstars. Oh yeah. Um, and I feel like both got Star Wars and wrestling. Like I've watched the parallels how. If you know, they got like it got like super mainstream. Like at some point, it got very cool to like. I don't know. It, it just it was interesting to me. Like I talked to nothing. Freddie Prince Jr. about that recently. I interviewed him, Kane, and himself, and I was I like, you know, he was a writer for the WWE for a while. I remember. And I was that. like, what makes like such lifelong fans out of people? Because once you get into one of these worlds, if you're really into it, like you're going to be a fan till the day you die. So I asked him and he was like, I don't know, but he started comparing Darth Maul and Stone Cold and how, how they're similar <laughs> and how they're both set up to fail. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I just like un- uncracked, you know, some ancient history, some ancient knowledge in this guy's brain here. But yeah, some some crazy fandoms in both. Uh, no- nothing makes me happier when I see your Instagram post, Robbie, and it's you in some sort of DX attire uh, doing, <laughs> doing the, the, the classic suck it. I'm oh, like- yeah. Because you're a little younger than I am, and I was like, "This is—he's the man. Good for him to said that." Well, that's awesome. And I gotta say too, man, I kind of like really nerded out uh, when you talked to Punk. That was like, because I, I I got out of wrestling and then I got back in, and I forget like a friend showed me some stuff with Punk, and I got I thought that was like after the Attitude Era for me. That was like my favorite era of wrestling, like when he was doing like the straight edge society and then everything oh, kind of yeah. after that. So, so awesome. And then when he left, I was like, no, <laughs> but, I know, uh, but he's back now. He's back now. AEW. I, I, uh, I, I've, I've checked it out. seems like T- Tony Khan's really like trying to give WWE a run for their money. Right. Is that like, definitely. Yeah. I mean the, the biggest run for their money since WCW back in the day and they still got some work to do, but as far as like delivering good product, 
they know what they're doing. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, they got Brian Danielson to jump ship the same year that he main evented at WrestleMania. They got CM Punk to come back after seven years away. Like they they put on a, a pretty damn good product. Yeah, I I right. was I was I thought it was awesome, and, and they already had like big name guys, right? Like Chris Jericho, like yep. legitimizing he, the Jericho was like one of the first big guys to sign, and Punk has been like just a force for them because like like you said he brought so many people back into wrestling through his wwe stuff and i feel like there's just like another wave of that happening now where people are going back and they're like oh punk's back again let's check this out so it's like hopefully he kind of leads the charge there yeah i just i I had to bring it up i I guess that i i I nerded out on some of that some of that stuff you've had some he's the man too like he's seriously i've gotten to interview him a few times and he's one of those people where it's like damn you're you're like who who you're cracked up to be i guess that's why i always felt i always felt bad that i thought he got like kind of a bad rap from the you know some of the wwe stuff but that's awesome man um that's so cool that you that you got to you know talk to him and stuff yeah so hopefully we get to see some more good morning guards wrestling so both you guys can get yes. your fix <laughs> uh maybe a later episode in book of boba fett or season three amanda we can we can get that on or if you're both lucky, I'll both put you in the Crip across face uh, next time I see you. <laughs> can we, well, one can of we the Gamorrean it? guards is a UFC fighter. Did you know that? A former fighter? Oh, yes, yes. Frank Trigg. I love that. Yeah, he used to be a fighter. Pretty unreal. Right. That is awesome. If we could maybe get JR to do like a little commentary, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would absolutely lo- lose it. You know what I mean? Like, they killed him! You know, something. <laughs> uh, so, and, and Robbie, just... To get a little bit back into Star Wars backstory, first movies for you, uh, seeing them in the theater was the sequel trilogy and and, and followed by Rogue One and, and Solo and stuff, yeah? Well, I saw, like, I remember seeing Revenge of the Sith very vividly. And okay. I, I think I might have seen Attack of the Clones in theaters, but I was so okay. young. I was like four when that came out, or maybe I was even like three turning four. So I was super young. I remember vividly going to see Revenge of the Sith and bringing my like light up spoon that came in the cereal boxes. It was yeah. like a little, you remember that like red light up spoon? I brought that to the theater to like eat my popcorn because I was just like so fired up about Star Wars. But Love yeah, in, in a way, like. The sequel trilogy and Rogue One and stuff were kind of like in a weird way my trilogy because those were the ones I got to be like hyped about and go see with my friends and go see opening night and stuff camp out for in the lines. Um, so yeah, like sort in in a way, yeah, they were the first ones of like my adult life. I, I like love to that. always ask. You no, got it, Ben. You want to? <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say I always I always like asking. I'm, I'm just curious generally. Do you have if you had to pick a favorite? It's not like a versus or anything. Like, what's your what is your favorite Star Wars? It, it could be anything, but what do you have that favorite thing for Star Wars? Like, as far as the movies go, a favorite movie? It could be a, I guess it could be a movie, a show, or you like, you know, um, for me, for example, like Empire Strikes Back for me is just just based on my age and everything. Like that was the movie that that hooked me. Like. Yeah, it would probably be Empire for me too. Empire is the one I go back to the most. Empire is the one where like I'm looking up at my shelf at my I'm at my mom's right now. It's like legit my mom's basement, and I have like Luke and his Empire gear, Yoda, obviously from Empire. Like all the action figures I would play with as kids were from Empire. Oh, the Hoth is where I want to play in every video game. So yeah, it, it'd be Empire for me. I love that, and I love that you referenced my mom's basement and as i'm like a, i'm a fan you're a friend of mine but i'm a fan of what you do 
and your podcast and you say my mom's basement and it's just the conversation you have back and forth with Clem and, and all the interviews you have on the podcast. I'm like, you got such a great thing going, man. And, and I love what you're doing and and how your subscribers is taking off on YouTube, man, like fully support and back what you're doing. I don't just say that on here, but you know, there's, I got a lot of love for you, brother. So thank you for doing this episode of the podcast with us to start us off on the new year on a, on a great foot, man. So thank you for being here. Of course. I've, we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm happy to finally like get on and talk Star Wars with you guys. All right. Let's talk chapter two, the tribes of Tatooine. Putting scene from this episode, we get to see Fennec Shan bringing this prisoner from episode one uh, back to Jabba's palace. Uh, we later learned the name of the group they belongs to is the Nightwind, and we get to see Boba Fett and Fennec Shan you know, interview, um, you know, this prisoner and he kind of says like a classic line in Star Wars, uh, which I don't know what this line for, for what it is, but we hear it once before. Ichuta. We hear it once before from the Empire Strikes <laughs> Back. You know, the other protocol droid says this right to C-3PO. And so we get, you know, we get to hear that. And, you know, now it's kind of like, you know, I guess slang for F off, you know, so he doesn't want to talk. And when <laughs> you guys pick this up, yeah, I thought the the backside of Jabba's palace shot was cool. Just like seeing them come in the back door, her bring the prisoner in the back door, and just his whole uh, I don't know his whole Mortal Combat look. I thought was kind of cool. He looked like a red scorpion or something. It had a lot of like I just thought there was so much homage to Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. in in this. Uh, everything from that scene, even just Fennec walking up, like it just was very reminiscent of when we see. Uh, R2 and 3PO kind of walking up there and and then you know we're going to get to see the the rancor pit you know for the first time which was super awesome too and that I was had a moment where I was like oh my god did they have another rancor I don't know or you didn't think that like the rancor passed you know f- you know the he doesn't speak you know and Fennec says it like he's part of like the Nightwind or whatever you know you're just paying for the name he's they're not that good as of assassins but maybe he'll talk if you give him to the rancor so Obviously, everyone fans on the edge of their seat for this for the scene, and they just kind of punch it, just like the uh, Twilight dancer. They all fall down there, and Luke, as Luke fell down there, and you know, he ends up squealing like a pig. You know, he ends up squealing and t- saying, "Who sent him?" So now we're on a mission: Boba Fett, Fennec, the prisoner, the two Gamorreans, to the mayor. You know, that's who the, this character, this prisoner, said, "Hey, uh, I, I'm a, you know, the, the mayor sent me, and now we're on our way." to visit the mayor. I thought we were going to get Moochie from the Bad Batch in that Rancor pit. And I don't know how they would have like let us know that it was Moochie. I don't know if he would have called it by name or something, but we got introduced to another Rancor in that show. I was like, oh, that would be the perfect connection there. That would be kind of cool. But yeah, I thought uh, the whole intro was great. And I agree with Chris about the Return of the Jedi vibes. I saw someone describe this show and Mandalorian as Return of the Jedi DLC. And I was like, yeah, that's a great <laughs> way to put it. Yeah, it really, man, it really is. Uh, it's so like, I don't know, everything about it for me is like total nostalgia. But while at the same time, like they're doing such an excellent job with the world building, mm-hmm. you know, and and creating and, and like just everything they're doing is, is making – I thought I was pretty much done with Tatooine. I was like, all right, how many times are we going to see Tatooine hey, yeah. pop up? It, it just pops up in everything. And now I'm like, I'm here. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. Let's just keep 
like the Moss Espa stuff is so awesome. Um, yeah, because even as they as they walk in, just seeing all the aliens, like we've seen more trans transdosians than I think we've ever like ever seen before, just in the streets looking at them and uh, in the gotta be a little tease for Bosk, right? Gotta be has has to be. I, I'm still waiting. You know, I, I think I still think he's going to pop up at some point. To 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 you know to what end I don't know, but maybe even some love for Dengar. Oh um, yeah. Then what did you think about? So so when they go to the when they get back to the mayors, what was your? Because we talked about this last week. A lot of people seemed confused about, or 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 were trying to like figure out who the mayor could be, even though when we broke down the trailer, you could tell based on the 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 closed captioning who the mayor actually was. I love seeing, I don't, not that when Boba Fett brushes by like the receptionist, which Robbie, I, I, I listen to your pod. I'm not sure if you remember who the receptionist was there. And then they, they, you know, brush right by even the Twi'lek handmaiden and then they get right into the mayor. But with that, that interaction, well, I don't see you on the list. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I forget what his name was. He looked like a guy I used to work with. So I think we just called him by his name. <laughs> Oh, okay. I love that he's wearing like the le- the Lemmy from Motorhead hat. Like, yeah. Kind of, like, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Boba Fett br- makes his way, you know, into you know the mayor's the mayor's chambers, the mayor's quarters, and he has like this. Uh, I would say I don't want to say um, translator in his mouth to translate his alien tongue to. I guess basic is the Star Wars name for their for the, what we call the English language. Basic, maybe, maybe I'm saying that wrong. And you know their interaction, Boba Fett and the mayor, like you know, they say that this assassin can't kill or work outside of what the Hut's territory, and they end up killing this guy like cold blooded right in front of them. And then Fennec and Boba Fett kind of arm themselves to defend because they don't really know what's next. So, and then the mayor kind of breaks it down for them. Like, you kind of need to think, like, why would, why would I send the mayor? I think you need, you know, you need to go look for other answers elsewhere. Yeah. The mayor was also voiced by Robert Rodriguez, or at least like, you know, not the mayor's voice, but the the voice that came through the translation. That was Robert Rodriguez voice. Um, And I thought this scene was cool because while it told us, all right, maybe the mayor didn't send that guy, there was clearly some tension. So it's like you're kind of just building. They're going to build all the different gangs up, I think, in Mos Espa, and the mayor's just part of that. He's part of like the people that are probably going to give Boba some trouble this season. So I, I thought this was a cool scene. I noticed something from the trailer where when we originally heard that voice, you know, they do the little trickery, and and that voice was playing out. It didn't. It sounded different, like tweaked in the initial trailer. Like originally, it almost sounded like Pedro Pascal a little bit. I thought the same thing. I thought it sounded like Pedro. And then I heard it in the in the show and said, "Wait, is that the same?" Like I was, like, did they do a voiceover? And I'm like, "No, maybe it was the same, but I just put the voice to his." You know what I mean? I imagined Din Djarin saying that. That whole thing was 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 super awesome. I, I'm wondering. So the assassin was clear. He was lying, though, right? Like he, even though. He just threw out the mayor or do we not know? I guess we don't know. Like I, I, there's definitely still a chance that the mayor sent them. I, I'm so, I, I, I don't, we can get into it maybe towards the, or towards the end because I, I kind of have a little theory maybe about some of what's going on here. 
Vin, I guess they they tell him to go to the um the sanctuary there to visit. Yeah, that Jennifer Beals runs. Yeah, Garza Whip, which. I, I kind of was like, who, I thought that was the girl who played Sloan in Entourage at first, but then I had to like do some research and I was like, that's really Jennifer Beals. Like I, I it like threw me for such a loop. Like they kind of got the Twilight look down and work. They kind of worked out oh, yeah. all the costuming for that. So hats off to everybody uh, over there. She looks great. And she kind of tells Boba, like I didn't, I, have, I don't think you have heard the news of like what, you know, what's going on or who's, like who's looking for, you know, who's contacting me or who's like kind of like looking for you. And that's, I didn't know what was coming at this point, but when you heard that scary drum beat outside of the, of the sanctuary and when the band stopped, you know, like classic, this is a Western, you kind of get like the, oh, yeah. the, the Western noise, like you, who just walked in those double doors or the, you know, the, the classic music you would hear like in a Western. Well, what, what's a, he said that she's sweating like a gumped on Mustafar. I don't know what what a, what, a, what, a, what a gumped is, but we obviously we know. I think if anything's on Mustafar, it's probably sweating. Uh, but I thought that was pretty cool too. Just a little bit more of the lore and the, you know, tying things to together there. But yeah, when you hear that drum, I loved when the band stopped. That was that was awesome. Like the it's almost like the record scratching or something. They have. We need to get Vinny in in the Star Wars universe as a little cameo now. <laughs> now that Max Rebo's back, now that he's around, I want to see a little scene where you could just see Vinny selling his t-shirts <laughs> in the back of the sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> I said this. I said this uh, last week. I said there needs some a company, someone, maybe us. We need to sell Max Rebo band on tour like t-shirts, and they just need to like yeah. have. <laughs> like make makeup cities on Tatooine or makeup cities in the galaxy and just put like dates on it or in like the club they're playing like you know like and just you know uh doc on darks like you know whatever and just like put that tour date like <laughs> on there and just make up all this cool stuff like Max Rebo band I love it hopefully they, they should play my wedding like like the pod race halftime show yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> dude I, I'm I'm like secretly hoping like as a joke at the at the end of the season we get like a we get like an after credit scene of like Max Rebo escaping the the sail barge. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Like treated with as much uh, seriousness as Boba escaping the Sarlacc. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They just see the super flute, dramatic the flute and like just yeah. flies out of the sand and or the piano, whatever he plays. He's the piano. <laughs> yeah, finger and Dan like puts his like hand up like, <laughs> and then tour dates scroll on the screen. <laughs> Coming to a city near That's you. Amazing. Or they would open for yeah. Pup Punk. Yeah, we could keep going. But uh <laughs> Oh, please. We'll open for them. <laughs> uh didn't think uh we would ever see this live action. We get a I'm not even sure the, the proper term, like almost like a not a parade, but we get like a the this the huts on a barge being carried by, you know, servants to where Boba Fett is standing outside of the sanctuary. And we get our first scene, first look at live action huts since, uh, you know, Retur- since Return of the Jedi, you know, since they were remastered in A New Hope. Like, we get to see the huts look very, very well done in, in live action. And I was blown away. That was my favorite. This is my favorite part of the whole episode, jaw dropping to see brother and sister uh, or twins. Robbie, I believe you called this out with Clem that we were going to see like mm-hmm. first cousins of Jabba. In season one of the book of Boba Fett, 
We were very proud to have gotten this one right. We were like, if they kill Jabba or if, you know, Jabba's cousins, Jabba's ancestors, Jabba's relatives find out that he was killed, someone took over his throne, someone's got to come land claim for that. And we guessed, we were like, maybe first cousins wound up being the first cousins, the twins, which is a great twist on it as well. Like, oh, how do you do huts differently? Let's get two of them at once. And they're also like intertwined in that way. And the, the guy hut is speaking for the girl and all that the way they did it was awesome the way they have their like black cursantin as their bodyguard which i'm sure we're about to get into is awesome again just a westerny like amazing slow just dialogue focused scene that was awesome i love that this episode was like 56 minutes or whatever because every scene got a chance to breathe yeah this this whole this this whole thing playing out was definitely my my fit my favorite i think maybe even anything it is it is right up there probably with the uh with the finale of, of of mandalorian season two just because it's so i don't know it's it's incredible uh and the huts actually look they look great too i i, I understand why they did it cg I, I thought it would have been cool if they went back to practical but it, it still looks awesome they look so much better than like jabba did in um like the new the new hope like special edition or even episode one where they had him uh, yeah the there. Kirk Padre scene yeah yeah they they just they look, like look so good uh, and yeah this gives us kind of you know more foreshadowing about where the where the series is is going right like clearly he has so many enemies now um, with all these different factions and and when they go back in these flashbacks. Right. He's he's even making enemies kind of back there. So, oh, yeah. And I know Robbie touched with the different gangs. I know Robbie touched base on this and we'll we'll get to, to that. But when Robbie said black Kersanston, well, <laughs> Brian Cranston, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a character that we've seen before in the Star Wars comic, Darth Vader comic, uh, Dr. Afra comic, uh, this they have met before Boba Fett and this Wookiee have met before. So they they know each other. They've battled each other. I believe this Wookiee's even battled Obi Wan Kenobi. So, oh yeah. So th- Obi Wan, Han, Luke, all of the major players, Black or Santin has gone toe to toe with. It's that that's why Boba Fett says about him being a um a uh, what does he call Gladi- it? a gladiator? gladiator a gladiator right yeah. yeah he he looks that that was awesome too. He looked so awesome like. To have something in a comic look as good, if not better, in real life is is not exactly easy to do. You know, like he looked huge too. Like obviously Chewbacca, we know for being super tall. This one, he looked like a fucking fridge. <laughs> very, very big, and like the I love the like almost like Legion of Doom uh, shoulder pads. Yeah. Like the- he, he had like brass knuckles too. I mean, he, he looked he looked just as badass as we've been told he is. There's an interview today that um, the comic book posted uh, where Ming-Nao and Tamora are interviewed and they said, in height, possibly seven foot seven tall on set. Oh my God. So, you know, it's like, you know, Yao Ming height, you know, if that's true, you know, but they said they were, you know, jaw dropped and they actually got to see this character on set and watch the whole interview, just caught like a Instagram reel. But 
like you guys said with the factions or the the syndicates, um, we get another one or possibly two like later in the episode. But you know, we've already dealt with so many like the Transdotions. Are we gonna get Bosk? You know, the other stuff that we're pulling from Clone Wars or pulling stuff from comics. I don't know who's in charge of the lore. If this is all Dave and John, if the, you know this is um, you know, you know whoever's uh, writing it might might say like a brain fart on who's uh, writing this right now. Oh, Robert Rodriguez, like these people know of these characters. And are just giving to them, uh, giving them to us so smoothly. It, it, it feels great. Like they're just they're pulling from so much stuff, and nothing it, it feels forced on us in these live action series. So I'm looking forward to seeing like who pops up next. Uh, we'll get to like who I kind of think. I got a couple questions at the end for you, Robbie. Who who may pop up in this series? But um, this is kind of it though for us with the actual footage, uh, like the present day footage. You know, for the episode, one cool quote from the episode was Fennec says to Boba, if you want to kill them, we're going to have to get permission. And then we kind of get to all the flashback stuff, um, you know, for the episode. The flashback to tank. <laughs> I was going to quote you on that. Nice. <laughs> that was, that's, uh, yeah, you guys, ta- you guys said that on the, uh, on the, on the podcast too, right? Did, did you guys come up with that? No, one of our listeners tweeted that at us. I wish we're not that clever. Oh my god, that is! Th- I just always want to call it that now. I, that's that's what it is. It's the flashback to tank from here on out. So it's uh, also it really is. This really has been a clever way to um to jump around. You know, oh yeah. See him go back in the tank, and you're like, oh, okay, he's going to go back to kind of dream dream world here a little bit. And um, it's cool to make it different from Mando in that way too. That's like a good like narrative tool to differentiate the two shows. Yep, to- totally. Uh, he he, and it's funny, right? Because that it's like now we pick up from last week. You know, after after uh, he helps or he he single handedly chokes out that uh, that monster, and you know the, he's given the the water melon there, whatever that thing is. Um, I would have said gourd, but we'll take we'll take melon. Um, you like we'll take we'll take that. What did they didn't they call it something the, like a the, black melon? The black, or something? Yeah, I think black melon. Yeah, I think it was a black. It, it melon. looked like a pumpkin to me too, though. <laughs> like the first episode, I was like, that looks like a black pumpkin, like a dragon fruit meets like some other like other. Like and a, last like a week gourd. they also said it had water in it, and then this week they said that the milk of it, which I was like, oh, that sounds way less for refreshing if it's milk. No. Yeah, with milk. What's so like? Imagine room temperature milk <laughs> if you just 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 thinking of like Ron Burgundy, where it's like off? milk. Milk was a bad choice. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. <laughs> well, blue milk. It's not, well, it wasn't blue anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we get we get Boba Fett now. You. you Training with the uh, the Tuscan tribe, uh, he's still kind of in his white scrubs or whatever you want to call it. But we do get like a Tuscan alert, and we do see this uh, massive train that we like a desert train blowing through uh, the sand and kind of passing their camp. And oh, the windows open up, and you kind of get these uh, sharpshooters picking off Tuscans like one at a time, killing their bantha. And, you know, obviously Boba Fett makes it out, you know, alive, but this now is kind of like the main focus of, well, it, one of the main focuses of the flashback is what's going to happen with this train and who's hunting these Tuscans as this train kind of passes through. Yeah. And it seems like the Tuscan Raiders have been through this before. Like 
as soon as they hear the train, they take cover. They start grabbing their positions. And I, I thought that this was going to be like the crate dragon at first when they like, or when you hear some rumbling or whatever. Same, uh, same. I was like, is this going to be, you know, some, somehow connected to Mando in that way? Because he comes in and that Boba Fett, you know, it returns in that first crate dragon episode. We get the tease of him at the end, like he was watching the whole time. So I was like, oh shit, maybe that's how they like watch and they evade it. But no, what we got was a lot more interesting, actually. It, it plays on that that Western vibe, right? Because it, it really kind of feels like... Um... I've seen a lot of people drawing parallels to, uh, you know, the Tuscan Raiders to like Native American culture in, in, yep. in a lot of ways. And then, you know, the train for me is almost like the more, um, you know, like the like the like the railroad in the, in the Wild West. You know, any of those old westerns, like it kind of has that that same thing. You know, we kind of learned that later on. Just jumping ahead here is that you know the Tuscans are they're viewed as like these like simple uh, raiders. Right. Yeah. And, and they, they're taking them out because they, you know, they, they don't want anybody, you know, robbing them of, you know, what we figure out later they're, they're carrying. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, we do get to see some swoop bikes uh, kind of pass by the camp. And I get, you kind of see like a little like light bulb go off on Boba Fett where he's going to kind of hunt down. That's it. Yeah. At night when they're burning, they, they basically are, you know, doing the, burning of the body like a funeral yeah yeah so boba fett says he'll be back by morning uh with you know with help to to stop the train and we i don't know where how far this gentleman walked at night or where this establishment was in the middle of the desert hopefully it was like near town you know what i'm saying (laughs) i was like wait what like was it in the middle of nowhere like you know poor guy walking at night like that skin's all jacked up he walks into what some may say is a familiar location or some may just say it's, uh, you know, they've never seen this before, but we got a little like more Star Wars lore when Boba Fett enters this establishment to find these guys on the swoop bikes. Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, should we get right into it? This is Tashi Station. This is where Luke wants to pick up his power converters. And from a like deleted scene, the two uh, human characters in there were also from a deleted scene from a, from a New Hope as well. Yeah, these are like Luke's friends that he grew up with, a couple that's having dinner, grabbing a drink, whatever they're doing. It's Cammy and Lay's Lone Osner. It's a weird name, better known as Fixer. He, they're just in one deleted scene where Luke actually goes to Tashi Station and he's like, oh, I, you know, I want to join the rebellion or whatever. I think Lay's just has one line where he's like, I don't think the Empire would even care about Tatooine. Like they wouldn't fight for us or something. And that's it. And like Cammy grabs his binoculars. But here we have two actors playing these deleted scene characters. It's one of the deepest cuts they've ever made in one of these shows. It looks and right away it looks very much like the original actors like they oh did they, a, they looked super like them yeah that so the casting for that was crazy like we, very specific in what they were looking for um but yeah that was that was really awesome i same thing i was like wow they're really this is a treat but it's great like that's that's the thing i love about john favreau is he's a fan first Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, everything he does in this is like, this is what he wants to see. So it's yeah, always he, cool. He, he knows what the hardcore fans want and he like basically rewards you for being a fan of this stuff. I know it's, I, it's so, it's so great. I, 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 I feel like sometimes people refer to fan service as something 
like negative and, and, and you know movies or shows or whatever but it's like i'm like i'm here for it i'm like more of that please oh agreed <laughs> i'm hardcore into it yeah and, and vin did you figure out well real quick too i was so glad that robbie um told us the names because if i had to listen to you try to pronounce them i knew it was gonna be <laughs> it was gonna it was gonna be like a hip 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 hop thanks man appreciate it <laughs> So this gang too, right away, I kind of was like, oh, wait, this is the gang that we saw in episode one of the series raiding that like moisture farm. But also, yeah, they were stealing the water, I think. But also like yeah, super Western, another like Western vibe where he just busts into the bar after a little bit of commotion goes on between, you know, the gang and, and the humans that Robbie gave us their names for, which I won't try to butcher. But you get like, it was just another you know, uh, like nod at like a Western style where he just barged in and almost has to fight off the, the, the Tatooine's version of Sons of Anarchy, uh, like the bike gang that they were. <laughs> That's a good way to put <laughs> you it. You know, yeah. they had they had the back patches and everything. Like they kind of had it going on like their, their the vests. mean and, faces. Yeah, they had the crest. Like, I don't mean to, to, you know, generalize on these alien species, but they just had mean faces. The the twin sons of anarchy. <laughs> oh no! Oh, pretty, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Wow. It's pretty that's, good. I mean, if we're making Max Rebo shirts, put those into production <laughs> next. All right, I'm I'm keeping I'm keeping a note. I might even have to put a patent on that. Just that's definitely that. That would be a good band name in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We'll see. Well, we better get guest list for life if you start this band and it takes off. Right? <laughs> that's all we ask over here. So Boba Fett owns the entire bar. Well, that's it. He takes a, a drink. Hopefully, it's some Spachka, Cobb Vanth's favorite. Uh, then he <laughs> he gets out of there. He he leaves, and the bartender seems unfazed. Classic, kind of reminded me of you know like any Western scene or or a Bronx Tale. Loved seeing that. But he just takes the bikes back to camp. Uh, he has them all stringed up, and he now is going to show the Tuscans how to to ride to ride these and use them to. Um, attack this train, and as soon as he gets back to the camp, the Tuscans start like destroying the bikes, not knowing any better, or just doing what there was instinctual to them. But he's going to now be like their their trainer and get excuse me, get them to use some newer technology, newer s- stuff that they've never used before. It's it's kind of awesome seeing this transpire. I thought it was very funny when he came in and they all started trying to junk the ships right away. He was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to teach you how to ride these things. And then his like a Bantha <laughs> quote, which is already like a meme, you oh know, it's already God. all over Instagram and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the gif. That really made me laugh. Cause it's like, I mean, we're talking Boba Fett. He's no good to me dead. The most badass guy in the galaxy. Like, Kind of having that goofy smile, it was hysterical to see. And then, yeah, he's like the, smiling. The, the montage the whole time. <laughs> itself, I I thought the montage was awesome. Like Ludwig Göransson or whatever his name is, the music guy, he crushes every single episode of this. Every episode of Mando makes these things feel epic. Uh, the Tuscan Raider, like learning how to jump onto the swoop bike and then falling off, like as soon as he got on it, was very funny. <laughs> Getting run, run over. I, I, I liked all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff I thought was really funny. Uh, after a good montage and a couple laughs, we actually, the, the, the gang gets it and Boba Fett actually shows the leader how fast, you know, the bikes can actually go. He's like, the train is going to go this fast and everybody kind of rallies behind Boba with this master plan, another Tuscan is shown how to signal that the train is coming with some sort of 
like aluminum disc. Uh, you know, so he's he's really working with the tribe here, and he's got gunners set up. He's got guys on the bikes. He's got the the signaler, classic Western train heist. You know, we're getting like another uh, solo kind of train heist. You know, similar thing going on here. Um, Mando on Morak with 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 Mayfeld. You know, like another heist of like a tank. It's uh, this this scene was was really awesome. It, it they did such a great job with it. It was a little bit different, but had some like nods to things that we've seen before in Star Wars. Solo was like the thing that really yeah jumped mm-hmm. out for me was that whole True. the train scene in in Solo. A lot of that when they were on top and uh, that's probably my favorite scene in that movie. I think that scene's really well done. So so good uh, that they did that, which which was funny because that was a that was a movie that all along they were saying it was going to be filmed like a western. That's kind of what they yeah. were what they were going for. And this, yeah. this, the same, like same as this episode, like it felt like that to me almost the entire time. I like in that solo ending thing too, when the bomb goes off and it kind of like caves the mountain in, it's like an implosion. Mm. I thought that was really cool. This, I also thought probably showed something important for the future, which is the Tuscan writer that like kind of kicked his ass in episode one and was teaching him how to fight. I think it's actually a girl Tuscan Raider. Cause she's got the wraps that are longer, like kind of saved his ass, saved the day in the, in the train heist. Yeah. She, she is a, she's like a legitimate, like badass stunt woman. Uh, I, I don't have her name handy, but I saw like what she looks like generally. And she's crazy. Like <laughs> doesn't surprise me. Cause she had some of the cooler fighting scenes in, in, this yeah she she's she's like just super badass i i'm i want to see more of her and i'll be honest i think that that's kind of like it almost feels like that's where this is going to right like they established that you know all along boba while he like accepts their culture and he's showing them stuff he is also like kind of almost forming this alliance with them where he's he becomes one of them, you know, and, and calling it tribes of Tatooine. It almost makes me think that like this, this is, this is, you know, you're, it's, this is his tribe. Oh yeah. You know, we're we're going to see later where he kind of like become like really almost officially, you know, becomes one of them, you know, after the heist and everything. And I almost feel like he's, he's like running the show there because without him, I don't know if he'd really survive, you know, versus the train or, you know, what else is to come for Tatooine? You know, he's almost like seeing like their new leader, like the other gentleman or, or lady, they approve of what he's doing to help them. But, you know, he's kind of like taking the reins here of like, hey, I'm like, I'm the guy, you know, he's he's showing Agreed. them the way, you know, so I, I th- once he brought in the technology, the game has changed. It's like you, you bring a technology to cavemen like, oh, my God. Yeah, you're you're their new king. So. I loved when they end up taking over the train, the Tuscans, Boba Fett work together. I loved the conductor of the train. He was almost like running like a switchboard with all his robot arms and stuff. He was really taking taking care of everything. The digital board reminded me of pod racing when he's like converting power. You got like that digital like neon yellow, uh, green and blue like power surge on the screen his micro his nose looked like a microphone like an old school like elvis microphone and when he hopped out of the train car to to escape it from crashing i didn't think it was going to be like a 
mechanical spider. Like a spider? Yeah. Yeah, like, me oh, neither. Really? Okay. He pulled a he pulled a Grievous. Like that was a total like when yeah. Grievous does that yeah. thing and we find he could walk walk like a spider. You know I, who I, this guy reminded me of? You know the little uh driver in Rise of Skywalker who's kind of like a Muppet? Like he just opens the door for one second <laughs> in that Lando scene and he's like, hello. Yeah. And then they close it or something. Like that's who this guy reminded me of. I liked this droid. Yo, I that wow, that's a great comparison. I didn't even think of that. And I, that was that's awesome. We we get to now get a little bit further back into like the Clone Wars stuff and into uh solo. Boba Fett asks who's in charge here. And the gentleman, one of them, you know, acknowledges that they're like the leader, but familiar faces uh, among the crowd. Uh, this is the Pike Syndicate. Uh, they're known um, from, uh, I guess, mining spice on Kessel. We've seen this before. Solo, Clone Wars. The Pike kind of plays dumb with Boba Fett. And he goes, "Are you, you know, he asks, like, are you going to kill us? He goes, right, depending on how you answer. And he goes, are you guys mining spice? What spice? Little compartment falls out of... Uh, the train, he goes like that. So, you know, now Boba Fett's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'll work with you, but, you know, you got you to gotta work with me with this. And, you know, so he's they've captured the train and all the supplies. We discover there's water on board. Uh, Boba Fett kind of lets them know, hey, um, this is their land. And now you're going to have to pay passage when you want to come through here. This is the first time we see them like unmasked, right? Like, I don't remember. I think so. Yeah. Right, and, and I, I def- like that they look like fish. Yeah, totally. They, Cracked they look, me up. <laughs> I know they look so. Well, I think that was kind of that was like the thing too, right? They have a water car, so when yep. he tells them that they have to walk back single file, you know, to to the closest um, uh, whatever the, the town, the is city there. or whatever, Mosespa. Yeah, they're like, we're what? Like we we're not gonna have anything to drink, and he t- he tells them he's gonna give them each one of those. Uh, a carton those of milk, <laughs> one of those, one of those lunchtime milks. Yeah, you wanna- milk in a bag. Are you? Are you do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, remember when they yeah, yeah. yeah. spraying kids across milk, the, the table, milk in a bag. Milk in a bag. <laughs> Tattooing. I think, and this is, and then this becomes. Um, I know, Robbie. You guys talked about this. It's it's been you know it's for ye- uh, forever actually. They've talked about how um, you know George Lucas adding the whole spice stuff. You oh know, yeah. How that how that really kind of parallels or. You know, people have said it rips off of Dune, but yeah, we, we, we see that that's like the, that's like the big, you know, currency or the big, uh, you know, uh, thing that these groups are, are after. And, and like then, you mentioned before, like the Native American comparison, when Boba's like, these are native lands, like you have to pay passage to get through this. I was like, all right, I feel like I'm watching Yellowstone now. This is sick. Yeah, totally. And, and it's, and it's great too, because. You know, it's just more. The, again, for me, that was more of like he continues to build this relationship with you know with this tri- with this tribe, and it also helped. Like I think we all probably didn't care for Tuscan Raiders before Book of Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Like they're always like responsible for something not great, like the stuff with Anakin, or you know, even when they kind of briefly take Luke out in, in a new hope. This has really helped like show that um, there's all different Tuscan tribes. And they say, they go on to say later on, right. There's ones that are just more about killing 
Yeah, Boba's Tuscan tribe seems pretty chill. They do like lizard drugs and they they just <laughs> find creatures in the sand. Like <laughs> they're like, we're not interested in killing. We're not savages. What are you talking about? Here's some Tatooine style peyote in the form of a lizard. Yeah. You know? So I got I got a big family. Like I, I swear, I you know again, like if you notice when they've been going back in some of his flashbacks, you notice how they t- that well twice now, uh, episode one and episode two of this, we do see that shot of a young Boba. You know, and he loses his dad really young. So I think there's a, there's just something there with the family. He had totally. that, he had that bond with the little you know with the little youngling Tuscan Raider. This is the know, first family he had since then, yeah. Yeah, so I think he's really like, you know, this is they're they're gonna eventually. My 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 thought on this is is whether he calls on them or he ends up somewhere out by the Dune Sea again or whatever. That this this tribe is gonna, um, you know, help their their brother, you know, so to speak. I hope so. That would be awesome. Like if in the finale, he, you know, we talked about this on my podcast a little bit. If he got cornered and he, you know, in the last moment needed some people, let out a Tuscan scream, and they all came out of the sand, that'd be an all time moment. Oh my god, it'd be it'd be, <laughs> it'd be so sick. I, I think it really does feel like that's that's kind of where it's going. Vin, I don't know. Coming, coming up here. Do you want to talk about the, the kind of was it like almost like a campfire scene? I didn't. The Tuscan. Ra- I didn't think the episode. I didn't think when they wanted to give him a gift. They, you know, Boba Fett's given them so much with training, with with supplies. They gift him a lizard, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what, what, where is this going? But then the uh, the, the main Tuscan kind of takes a handful of sand, which is I'm assuming like bait or food for this lizard. And Boba's like, no, I think it's supposed to be spice. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't, I didn't even put that together. Or maybe that's the effect of spice. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Oh, uh, I, I maybe, maybe I'm just so like, I'm just so, uh, ever since now it feels like Dune. I'm like, are we, are we back to like, you know, I thought that was like a hallucinogen type thing, but may, maybe not. Maybe the, li- I thought that's what the lizard was for. Anyway, the, the the dust, the spice goes in Boba's face, and the lizard then grossly uh, up the nose. We've kind of seen this in the Clone Wars before, when those like worms had gone up, like it's, you know, the noses of the clones before. So we've kind of seen, oh, yeah. we've kind of seen this before, similar, uh, you know, in a similar way. And then he, he doesn't want to like offend them. He's just like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think I swallowed it. <laughs> yeah, like, I would have, I would have been fre- like freaking out. He's just like, nah. It's, I think I swallowed it. Maybe I don't know. Also, imagine like getting high and then seeing those Tuscan Raider masks right away. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Someone in the back and Tuscan's like, dude, you got a you got a lizard in your nose <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of like a dart in your neck. But he starts to like hallucinate, and he said the lizard will guide him. And you know, you he Boba Fett goes on this this journey, like this ayahuasca, this Tatooine drug trip, a journey to kind of find. I don't know what he's looking for answers. I don't know if like the tree he finds for the, it's like a metaphor, but I think he's trying to find himself like this new chapter of his life when he ends up grabbing this massive branch, I guess like a, he goes to burn, he goes to burning man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if it's like a gaffy tree, which you want to call it, but you get to some flashbacks of attack of the clones. You get, uh, you know, some Sarlacc flashback here and he ends up recovering this branch, uh, from this tree. Those red eyes reminded me of the eyes, that we saw in Mando season two, episode one, where um, Gore Koresh goes up and up 
up in that uh, light pole, like those red eyes or, or Jawa eyes or, or whatever they were, some sort of bats, you know, they, they get Boba Fett makes his way back with some sort of branch to, you know, to, you know, that later becomes his own. Badass scene. I loved the flashes of the Sarlacc going back and forth with the tree, wrapping him up. Give me as much of that Sarlacc flashback as you could possibly give us because I thought the opening of the show showing us that was very cool, but I could have done like five more minutes of that because, I mean, it's something that we've like fantasized about forever. So seeing it, awesome. Love seeing the teeth in that. And I love all the Attack of the Clones flashbacks, like him seeing the Slave One leave Camino. Awesome. We should go back to Camino in live action more often. Couldn't agree more. It's very, very cool. Yeah, that the I I just loved how he was flashing back to his classic Empire Strikes Back cost. You know his his armor. Oh yeah. We also now Boba Fett is he has this branch. He ends up getting to like a like a, like a a workshop bench with one of the Tuscans, and he ends up creating the gaffy stick that you saw him use in the Mandalorian. Oh, dude, go ahead. One th- like the one thing I wanted to say, which which I which I saw, this was obviously not something I picked out, was somebody's found the Ralph McQuarrie image from from when he the, the original from you know back then of the Tuscan Raiders, and they made the little workshop look like the the Ralph McQuarrie scene. Oh, really? Like if you looked at a side by side, yeah, Robbie, I'll have to send it to you. It looks so it looks so awesome, like. That was another little detail where they, they, you know, they must have been looking at a storyboard or whatever, and they were like, "Oh, let's let's just kind of recreate that, just a little tiny little, you know." Yeah, I just texted that. Oh wow, you. yeah, that is awesome. You see it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's so sick. I mean, um, that's amazing—the exact angle and everything. Everything, like it would, but again, like to the some people, most people, you watch it, you're just like, "Oh, whatever, this looks cool," but then you're like, "Oh, wait a minute, that's." And, you know, they actually did – and remember in, Mandal- in um, Mando season two, you know, there was that one episode that was more of a kind of – not a throwaway episode, but it was just a, a little bit of a filler where they were on the uh, the snow planet. And, that, you know, that was that was another – Oh, um, yeah. The, the, the spiders and everything, that was all Ralph McQuarrie. For Empire, um, right? That was supposed to be yep, on Dagobah. That was going to be Dagobah. Or, um, yep, exactly. And um, – and yeah, and so they used it in, in there, you know, it's so it's cool. They're pulling even from from that. Freaking amazing. It. I love when they pull McGuire stuff. We get this scene. Boba Fett is kind of just like working on his gaffy stick. He's adding spikes to the end of it. He's, he's, he's sharpening the blade. They're wood chiseling the end. And episode ends with him kind of like learning the finishing touches of how to like wield the gaffy stick. And they kind of do like a... Tuscan tribe chant with him. He gets, you know, his robes. He's he's like full on like accepted now into their crew. And we're like once this is we're at the version of him now that we see him in uh in Mando in Mando when he meets up with Dinjarin, where he ends up like kind of like walking up on Fennec Shand in season mm-hmm. one. We're like at that point with flashbacks. So I think in a sense, we'll get a flashback. I'm predicting that we will see him meet Fennec Shand again and kind of bring her back to life. And I think we'll start to see those flashbacks, you know, um, for that. But I, I also do have some predictions on some other flashbacks we'll see, some other characters. But all in all, that episode, 
uh, every, it packed a, a major punch. It, I think some people said that just could have been the first episode. I strongly disagree with that statement. Uh, this this show is you're getting two stories at once. The flashbacks are equally as great for the story, and you know now the present day stuff is also really starting to heat up. And you know I I, I can't wait till Wednesday. So I, we're here for it. I know the three of us are, are super excited. Oh, big time. This is two weeks in a row where I felt like it was very worth staying up till three in the morning to watch it for me, where I was like excited with where the future of this is going, excited with what I got. Makes me sit back and be like, I fucking love Star Wars and this is why. I think they could have. I, I mean, I lo- I, I, I'm loving that I get seven weeks. The, the greedy that me being greedy was like they could have did like a, a Hawkeye. And if we had had like those epi- like the first episode and the second one, you know, released simultaneously. Cause to get, like I went back and just watched them both together. They play together. So nice. Like, it's just like, they really, really like, t- you know, tell this, you know, bigger story. And, and so I'm eager to see now that we've pretty much caught him up. Like we, we've seen where he, you know, how he came from after return of the Jedi and to almost, present day are we going to spend more time in the present going forward or are we going to have these other you know flashbacks as he continues to keep going in his uh what did we call it the flashback to tank (laughs) flashback to tank i think we're going to get just one more episode of flashbacks to be honest i think we're going to see him meet Fennec and kind of like repair her abdomen as she showed in in the tragedy where she was like he fixed my stomach and now I owe him a life debt or whatever I think we'll see that and then if I had to predict I think the final like four episodes would be just him in the modern day but they I could also see maybe they go all the way back to empire times and like Boba in his prime or something I don't know if we get Boba like Robbie I'm right there with you and I say if they're going to go back I wouldn't be totally surprised if we see Daniel Logan suit up as Boba Fett, getting that armor back. Oh, that'd be cool. Because we see a young, you know, a young, a young uh, Logan on, you know, you know, the Attack of the Clones footage. But he ends up inheriting this armor from his dad, or building the armor, the helmets, his dad's, whatever the case is. Clone Wars. Uh, do we get some flashbacks in that? If we are going to get an introduction flashback. I know these syndicates are growing on us. Uh, these characters that they're pulling in. Do we get a Cad Bane flashback? Um, do we see Bosk? That would be amazing. Do we see Bosk in a flashback first, and then we get Bosk, you know, present day? There's a yeah. There's I a thought lot of that. Here. I thought if they introduce, I thought if they introduce maybe some of these canon characters, right, that are that are super revered. Do we do they go back and and try to? show us where that relationship was formed, right? So maybe we get to see Bosk and Boba from circa, you know, between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi doing some sort of job or, you know, fighting someone or whatever. Would absolutely love that. I have to think that we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, You know, it it was said that Filoni wrote, um, I think it was he wrote, episode six they're saying yeah i read that too that's his so i would that it makes me think that it's gonna be cad bane or something clone wars era-esque if if it if filoni has it they kind of let him like what they did the ahsoka episode right yeah yep yeah that's because that's like his baby right totally 
I feel like, you know, they said, Hey, listen, you, you take this, this is your character run with it. So that would be awesome. I, I said in the beginning, I, I was thinking, I still really think that we're going to see Kira pop up here and maybe even be the kind of big bad who's pulling some of the strings. That would be crazy. It'd be awesome. Be- because Yeah. Because, you know, remember they, they did, they did kind of give us that little Crimson Dawn uh, music. They like, sewed mm-hmm. that in last week uh, or two weeks ago now and you know on top of that they they went out of their way to kind of talk to us about you know, or Bobus tells the pikes to go back to their uh, whatever it was their their syndicate or their employer whoever it was it almost it just really makes me think that that's that's what we're doing so maybe we have someone like Akira in the background pulling the strings and does she even maybe uh, like rile up the huts because it's it's weird that the huts are now coming for the throne whereas you had Bib Fortuna on before who probably can't defend himself like <laughs> like True. a Boba Fett can and they were fine with it so it makes me think that there's someone who's kind of weaving that stuff in or maybe you know having trying to have all these other groups and factions do the dirty work for them they see Boba Fett as like a threat or someone who's going to, you know, prevent them from doing their business or smuggling or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And like you said, War of the Bounty Hunters just wrapped. Mm-hmm. So Kira, Boba Fett have have met before. She kind of had that cargo, that precious cargo of Han Solo and Carbonite. So Chris, I'm there with you. I'm going to get rid of the Thrawn predictions of him being the big bad in this. I don't, I think... We read recently that they're still trying to cast that. That's gone. If not Kira, Prince Shizor still like on the board, you know, for the big bad. We saw his species in that Clone War scene with Dryden Voss and, uh, you know, the Pikes and stuff for that. So Kira has got to be up there for a lot of people or Prince Shizor, if you're familiar with Shadows of the Empire, which we've talked about. Also, Black Herstan. Like, we still have like a lot of cool stuff to get to man it's it, we got a cad bane hopefully that's what i'm i got my fingers crossed until this series is over because i want to see live action cad bane so bad we got to figure out who gave boba fett that dent that was like a deleted scene in clone wars yeah uh, does that get yep. wrapped up here uh if this is a western uh it, that character is is a gunslinger through and through he was brought back for the bad batch you know who's you know so we could see it and it would be criminal. It would be criminal if they didn't. Honestly, like it's agreed. Like, it's like it, when WWE to go back to wrestling when they signed Sting and they didn't give us that Sting versus Undertaker match. That was criminal. <laughs> that would be criminal. That was that was criminal. I, I I gotta be honest with you. And it was it that was uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was almost like too little, too late. You know what I mean? It was like oh, yeah. dude, they, it was like we had him in his prime for how long? Yeah. And uh they waited, but yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping now I think that they're going to really, not only I'm, I'm, I'm like really thinking now that just watching the way this is going I, at first, I thought this was going to be maybe a one-off, but it really seems like the way in which it's moving they're They could continue to go with this story or spin it off to something else, but I don't know that it's going to have a like definitive end at the end of episode seven. It could even be tied into the next season of the Mandalorian. I could see them kind of, you know, Boba playing the same role that he played at the end of season two, where he's kind of a side character, 
but now we know more about what he's doing on Tatooine and stuff. I think so. I think I think they want everything now to be because I, I remember them saying that was the plan. They didn't specifically say Book of Boba Fett, but at that time they hadn't announced it because it was su- still super secret. But I think they had said like Ahsoka and when they were still going to be doing Rangers of the New Republic, those stories were supposed to have a payoff in like in the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. And so our boy Hondo Supply, when he stumbled across or found Reddit, that Book of Boba Fett season uh, one sticker, you know what I mean? Like it was on like people's Pel- oh, yeah. it was a Pelican cases or gear cases. There was like a sticker that kind of said like season one. So, you know, leads us to believe maybe it's it's possible season two. Give me more uh, give me more bounty hunters. Give me more huts. Uh, a little bit more present day footage. Hopefully, uh, going forward, uh, it, things are starting to heat up for the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I'm hyped for it. So am I. I absolutely love it. I think I think we kind of knocked this one out of the park. I feel I feel great. I feel like we actually didn't skip around as Chris and I did. Robbie, you were the glue for that. So, <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, thank you for for joining us this week on the podcast. It, it was awesome. Finally, great to have you on. Great to talk wrestling and Star Wars, man. We're a fan of yours, and and you're a great friend of ours. So thank you for coming on this week, man. We we appreciate it. Absolutely, I had a blast. I hope it wasn't my last appearance. No, man. Oh no, not at all. We gotta, we gotta uh, have you on again. We can, we can dive deep. We can uh, absolutely. We can. Uh, you have a residency here. We'll all take some three chi. <laughs> we'll all take some three chi and just uh, you know, yeah. write our own uh, sequel trilogy oh, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, listen, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. And I'm, I'm thinking about starting my own podcast too. Um, it's called. It's called my wife's basement because <laughs> I've, I've, I've been relegated to to the basement in my in my own house. So, um, could be fun. Eh, whatever makes her happy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time, Robbie. Man, I'll, I'll jump off the phone and, and say thank you again. And after this, bro, appreciate your time, dude. As always, uh, for us, it's all thank wings you. report in on Instagram. It's all wings report on Twitter. Questions, comments, concerns fact check us it's all wings report at gmail robbie plug yourself and where can everybody find you yeah i'm at robbie barstool on twitter and then the my mom's basement podcast on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts we do a bunch of book of boba fett recaps we do nerdy recaps marvel stuff um we're going to be doing peacemaker recaps coming up so my mom's basement on youtube all that stuff thanks brother until next week guys uh be safe enjoy talk soon